0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Untucked Today. We are going to talk about social media and the perpetuating of misinformation specifically related to um, kind of investing in personal finance. and then we're going to talk about teaching our kids about money and investing in personal finance and how difficult, um, how difficult that is to do. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode... 49 of untucked this is megan
1: and mike
2: and this is jeff so in the 10th century men adopted um, heels on their shoes so that they can ride horses better it's so basically men started wearing high heels they were the first gender to start wearing high heels um the Parisian cavalry wore inch high heels and then that trend spread to Europe and uh, kind of went towards like the upper class started wearing high heels and it became a woman, a woman thing. So <laughs> do any of you guys wear high heels?
0: I do. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Not to ride horses though. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> that might be your worst. Dude, I,
1: I totally. I fucking not might. Not might be. It is. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I had to like
2: literally find one in like five seconds.
0: Yeah. Full disclosure, Jeff looked that up three minutes ago.
2: Stop signs used to be yellow. Is that better?
0: That's a better yeah. fun fact.
2: You guys always say that. I can't believe
0: you just wasted that.
2: You guys always say that. Every time I have a crappy woman, I give you like my backup. You're like, oh, my God, we love that (laughs) one so much more.
0: Philly sports.
2: Let's get into it, man. There's a lot that's happened. Most recently, Carson Wentz coming out. Did you hear him talk lately? No. Yeah, he came out and he said when he got benched in the Green Bay Packer game, he's like, pretty much that's when I had checked out. Like, I knew it was over.
0: Is that controversial? No. Okay.
2: I don't think it's controversial, but I think it explains a lot. Like, he was her franchise quarterback, and that's the communication that the that the the team, the ownership gave him. Like, you're benched. He's like, I had no idea if I was coming back, like next drive, next game, next season, for that matter. And like, it wasn't, doesn't sound like that was like communicated very well to him. So like, he's he's like, I'm out. I don't want to. I don't want to play here anymore found it interesting. I guess it's not Philly sports anymore. It's more Indianapolis sports now. Yeah. So sorry for the
1: tangent.
2: (laughs) Shall we, dude? Let's let's dig into it. It's not that big of a story. Okay, the Flyers. It it was probably historic, dude. It was probably historic. It has to be.
0: Like the worst loss in franchise history? The
2: most amount of goals scored against
1: you in a single period.
0: Oh, and how many was it in a period?
1: Seven. Seven. In the second period. Holy so nine, shit! So a, a nine nothing loss. It's it's um, I, there's a few things just to say, not to dwell on what's one game and all that, but that's a that's a game. Everything either has to go you know right for the other team, everything wrong for you to lose nine nothing in the NHL. There's a reason why you don't see it very often because it's it's very hard to lose nine to nothing. It would be like losing eighty one to nothing in football. That's the same same magnitude, I think. Like, I think it would be more than that. I think it would be more
2: like 120 to, to zero. <laughs> um,
1: hard to describe what went on. Myers and, and Sanheim, who were atrocious the game before that, were a combined minus 10, not even halfway through the game.
2: Oh, my gosh. Minus 10. Except we're on the
1: ice for five goals. Oh, my gosh. Um, they were so bad. Th- them in particular, the whole team, obviously. And I don't know why Vino, he, he shuffled four players out of the lineup ahead of that game that had played the previous game. Kind of a big deal. He brought in, you know, Bunneman and, and um, Andreoff or whatever to, and, and scratched Lindblom and uh, Knack, Obey Kubel. And he scratched the wrong two defensemen based on the performance the night before, the game before. Myers and Sandheim should have been on the bench. They, they look like they didn't belong in the league. And then they, they continued to play that way the other night. But, you know, again, what, what pisses me off is there's two reactions from Philly fans when something like this happens. It's, oh, our our goalies suck. <laughs> Elliot gave up five. Hart gave up four. Yep, we need uh, goalies, goalies. It was not at all on the goalies. Not at all. That's number one, and number two, the meatheads who expect somebody to drop the gloves and beat the shit out of the other team because you're getting, you know, your ass is kicked, because that's what would have happened, you know, twenty to thirty years ago. Well, it doesn't happen now, and it shouldn't. It's stupid. Right. So that's that's all I'll say. But um, bounce back last night. They played awesome, actually, against the Islanders. Good team. And Jeff, as you said earlier, up three nothing. Game. Well within hand. That's, I shut it off. I wasn't watching anymore. Three I assume one three they two won. three three. No. Yeah. No. So, yep. Yeah, they they inexplicably <laughs> just stopped playing the way they were playing, gave up three goals. It's tied uh, late in the third. Late in the third, yeah. And Lindblom buries one to no. to, to give him the four three. The guy that was scratched the previous yeah, night. and that was the second goal of the night. But so so huge. I think it would have been more devastating had they. Lost yeah. last night, giving up the three nothing lead on the heels of the nine nothing. Um, so I think their season is still salvageable. Um, I feel like there a lot of people have written them off out of the playoff race already, which is a bit premature because you know you're playing you're playing every game against your division rivals, so you can make up ground quick. Um, but very 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 concerning the way they're playing. There's no doubt about it. Um, they're they're just atrocious in their own end defensively, and Provorov is no no exception. He's not been good. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of red flags. Going this on is here. the team that you said, earlier, and I'm
2: I'm not throwing you under the bus. No, you I'm can because I no no. I'm just like this was the team that everyone was afraid to play. Mm-hmm. Right? They were they were hungry. They had young talent. Like, what happened? Did it just are they just not as good as we thought they were in the beginning of the season? Are they not being coached as well? Are they running out of gas? What's is does every team go through this? Why do I feel like so many Philadelphia sports teams are just their their
1: mo is inconsistency. Is that yeah, every maybe. team? I think when you look at the NHL at, as a whole this year there's there's a handful of really surprising teams and and flyers are kind of surprising on the on the bad end of it, but you have, Florida and Minnesota and teams like that that were expected to be mediocre at best not even that and they're killing it so you so you have to wonder if the whole COVID you know short schedule no practice you know compressed schedules if that plays a big role and in, in just this chalk this year up to like whatever you still have ta- you know, Tampa and the and the obvious good teams are still rolling but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it, there's something else going on besides just a, a run of like brain brains not being in it. It's 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 effort and it leads to exec- terrible execution, terrible in their own end. And teams have the book on them now. They know that aggressive forecheck and they're going to cough the puck up and you're going to spend time in their in their zone and it's going to be in the net and it's not on the goalies. Hart's not playing well, no doubt about it, but it's not on him. Hmm. You think they turn it around? If the season ended right now, are they in the playoffs? No. Wow. They're in fifth place. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would. I, I literally, I think a week ago, I felt like they're gonna they're gonna make a put after seeing the last well the nine nothing game after watching that. It's hard to it's hard to understand how a, a team with any legitimacy can put together three periods like that. Yeah. So to let. The other team score nine against, and the you. Rangers stopped playing in third period. They were, I think, they just said, "Okay, well, let's get out of the building. Let's not get, you know, let's let just no icing, no offside. Get right, out of here, right?" And because they could have scored more, I'm sure if they wanted. To. How did the fires not bury one? Oh, they weren't even really close. And and the I mean, the Rangers only had like 20, I mean, I'm I'm guessing here like 20 shots, 24 shots, and they put nine of them in, and they were quality goals. It wasn't like leaky. You know Like I was, shitty goals They were legit I was out to dinner And the bar
2: I was in Had it on So I'm watching the game And just game starts And a couple minutes go by And all of a sudden It's one nothing Rangers 2 nothing Rangers 3 nothing Rangers I'm like oh my gosh 4-5 Like every time I look up They're down another goal I'm like okay Flyers on the power play 6 nothing. They scored shorthanded To make it 6 I was like oh my gosh I gotta go I gotta watch something
0: else
1: it's funny. that It was a national game, so it was national announcers, and you could just – it was kind of funny to listen to, to them. They're just like, I can't believe what I'm watching here, <laughs> you know. Um, Sometimes teams, like, can use a good ass-whooping like that. Yes, true. And, you,
2: and like, it sounded like it, it that helped the Flyers rebound in, in the following night's game. Oh, they I'm,
1: came out playing the way that they should play yeah. last night. Yeah. So – but trending down, for sure. <laughs> trending down. Uh, what do we got on Sixers, Meg?
0: Well, um, came out of All Star break where Ben and Joe didn't actually play because of COVID protocols, and then they played maybe one or I think it might have been the second game back. Joelle went down with a knee injury that scare was so scary. <laughs> um, I I thought I watched it and thought season over, MVP campaign over which that's probably is over, but I was like, his career's over. Like, we're eh, done.
2: <laughs> we're done. Every time that guy hits the ground, I have the same vision.
0: Well, he just – he falls so, <laughs> like, ungracefully. And, I mean, he's enormous, but it was neat. It was scary. It ended up no structural damage, and I think a bone bruise is what they diagnosed him with. And
2: He's got a boo-boo.
0: He's uh, reevaluated in two weeks, um, and then they played – Maybe two games with him and got two wins. Um, and then they most recently played the Bucs. Who they play before the Bucs? The Knicks. Okay. Where they were losing most of the game and then ended up having, like, Tobias Harris was yeah. awesome in the fourth quarter. He guarded Julius Randle, who's an all-star. Uh, like, I think he held him scoreless for like 19 minutes or something. The
2: Knicks game is where Furkan hit the... Oh that, yeah, was, that the was the Bucks game.
0: game. Yeah. So the next game was a really good game and you know without Joe to get wins is obviously like that's harder to come by. But things seemed to be like they were playing well and they went into the Bucs game who the Bucs are I think third in the East behind the Sixers and have the two-time reigning MVP in Giannis and for two and a half quarters they were like the much better team. They had a lead of 20 plus, and then in typical fashion, it's goes from 20 to four in minutes, and there's just no stopping the bleeding.
2: To uh, down one,
0: to down one, to um,
2: we're in the fight of our lives here for the rest of the (laughs) game.
0: I watched. Shouldn't have even gotten into overtime, but for Concord Maz, it hits a three that went in, and did you have
2: any faith that ball was going in? No, I had zero. No,
0: I mean he like. He bobbled it. Now, like the Bucks player tried to steal it, but I mean, as soon as it went up, I was like, honestly, I'm just ready to go to bed. Like, let's just call it because this was just ugly. And and nobody expected them to win that game because Joe wasn't going to be there. But then they come out and play really well. Ben was awesome on Giannis and horrific on offense. Like he must be the worst offensive player in the league. Um, I'm
2: just amazed at how close he gets to the rim. And then dishes it out. Like, I hate when he does that. He literally yeah. drives the lane. He jumps up. He's about three feet from the rim. Mm-hmm. And he throws it to someone else who's mm-hmm. 15 feet away from the rim.
0: And who's not expecting
2: the ball. It's it's crazy to me. Just just lay it up.
0: Yeah. Take a, like, something. It's that. It's, it's that. It's like he was turning the ball over. I mean, he was, at the start of the game, they did, like, the star tracker. You know, they picked two players. And it's like... Watch these people. And it's like Giannis, the two-time MVP. And then it's Ben. And I'm like, oh, cool. Great. And then they, like, go back to the star tracker at, like, the start of the fourth quarter. And Giannis is, like, on his way to a 26-point game. And Ben's, like, 8-8-4. Eight, eight, and four. <laughs> like...
2: On his way for a triple-double. <laughs> Another meaningless triple-double. Uh, I was just
0: like, oh, my God. So they end up losing that game. And... Seth Curry got hurt. I don't even know what the status of, of what his status is. Um, they're tied for first in the East with Brooklyn. But I think. Um, who did we just play? Milwaukee is like right there, maybe like a half game or a game back. So, um, you know, it's a shame. Like everything was clicking pretty well. And Joe. Won't win the MVP because of this break, even though statistically, and this is not just like Homer, me, like he's having an absolutely insane year, but this injury throws it off. That doesn't get factored in
2: to MVP voting. What do you mean? What's it based on? Your body of work. Okay. Well, his body of work when he's been playing, he missed like what, two weeks?
0: I mean, it's two weeks now, but who knows how long it'll be. And I mean, you'll- So you expect it to be out much longer? It's a reevaluation in two weeks. It's not two weeks a, from today. Two weeks from the injury, okay, which was a week ago. He'll be
2: back. Uh, I think. He'll no, be no, back he'll soon.
0: be back. Uh,
2: I just think he'll be back soon. Uh,
0: no, I, I'm not. I just think the way that the MVP voting has always been traditionally, if you miss any legitimate time that's not at the end of the season when you're load managing, you you don't win, and that's just how it's always been. Um. There's a lot of talk, a legitimate talk, about Ben being Defensive Player of the Year, which, you know, being the worst offensive player in the league is probably an award he could also win. (laughs) Do the Sixers need another piece
2: like we've always talked about, or does Tobias exceeding our expectations and Seth, when he was healthy, um, exceeding our expectations make them contenders?
0: I think if everybody is playing... Like as well as they possibly can, which is not realistic to expect. Then no, they probably get away. They at least get to the conference final. I mean, I'm not the Bucks team does not scare me at all. I mean, with Joe healthy, that team does not worry me. Brooklyn, um, it's Brooklyn, yeah. And and I think you know Kyrie's playing out of his mind right now. James Harden's like a legitimate MVP candidate, and then they have Kevin Durant, who's like the best scorer in the league. So. You know, but they're the same way. Like they very much have games where all three of them don't play well, and like at the same time, and there's not enough shots for all of them. So you know, if you catch them on a couple bad days, it's a very—I didn't say very winnable series, but it's a winnable series. Yeah. But I think like there's a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry um, from Toronto and a possible trade for him to bring him to Philly. I think the issue is just like ball handling at this point because Ben was absolutely gassed at the end of the Bucks game and he doesn't do anything offensively. So to have somebody else who he can run the offense through would be valuable. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Their next like six are like Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers. Like they're going to come back from the West in like fifth place. Oh my
2: God. <laughs> oh my God. Smoking like a true fan. <laughs>
0: I mean secretly I'm glad that Joe's missing them because they're going to just be ugly but then they're going to be ugly cuz Joe's missing them. So.
2: He's tough though, man. Losing him for a few weeks is tough because then he comes back and he's not as good because he's not in condition. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Sixers are our, are our, our best hope right
0: now. We're trending flat. So I right. wouldn't say we're yeah. down, but okay. we're not necessarily up. Maybe like a little like a like a slight incline. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, so what do we got today? What are we, what are we chatting about?
0: Well, we're going to start with social media and okay. the amount of people who choose to, I suppose, spread misinformation about finances, money, investing. I mean, like it's a pretty wide-ranging topic, but I, what brought it up, Jeff, was an Instagram post you saw.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess this was more focused around investing rather than like financial planning. Yeah. But um, a buddy of mine, I graduated high school a year before, but I was friends with, um, does a lot of like entrepreneurial posting and holds himself out as an entrepreneur himself. So he he posts a lot of stuff that's very business oriented. So and I'll read them when I see them, typically some neat stuff. Um, very ahead of the curve stuff. But then there was one where this guy was talking to uh, the guy from Shark Tank. What's his name? Damon John. Damon John. And he's kind of interviewing Damon John. And the quote that Damon John said, like, took me aback. I was like, what? And And then I remembered, like, I had to do the math in my head a couple times. So, And then I had to do my math on paper a couple of times. So the quote was because this guy's interviewing Damon John and um, talking about like saving money. And Damon John says, if you save $100 a month, $100 a month from the age of 20 to 50 with compounding interest, you would probably have about $8 million, right? <laughs> and I have, like, future, calcu- f- future value calculators at my disposal, like every other
1: human being on the planet.
2: So I quickly, like, go to because I'm like, I don't, makes, I don't think that math works out. I do it because I know, I'm like, okay, my my future value calculator at, like, 10% per year gets it to close to, like, $246,000. Thousands. Thousands. Yeah. 246000 Makes sense. And I'm like... The guy who's interviewing goes, so it's $100 a month. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, from 20 to 50 yeah. He goes, it'll be closer to $8 million. And I'm like, if that were the case, everyone on the planet would be worth at least $8 million. (laughs) Like, that's so, it's so bad. And and, and I know my buddy didn't do the math. Like, he just was listening to it. And, hey, this is interesting. Let me post it. But I had to like call them out in in the comments section, like, "Hey, I don't think that math is right. Like, I think it's closer to like 245 grand." No one replied to my comment. Yeah, not a soul.
1: No. So the, the the financial, I don't know, the social media um, universe of like the financial gurus, I deliberately avoid. I mean, I limit my feed to. I I, I will never see posts like that just because like I'm not exposing myself to that drivel it's a cesspool of people that are putting stuff out there tiktoks and you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: tweets and everything else so so i just looked up damon and john and i know damon john because i watch shark tank a ton i i, I know his shtick so i pulled him up and the first tweet which which was an hour ago <laughs> if people haven't laughed at your dreams then you aren't dreaming big enough just keep pushing forward wait a minute you have to have people laugh at your dreams and goals in order for them to be legit. Like, what are you talking about? So then I scroll down, and, and what is, you know, the 10 posts down? Check out my YouTube channel because I'm giving a, a talk on how, uh, what are, how hedge funds work and the stock market works. Well, this is coming from the guy who just said 100 bucks a month in, in for 30, 30 years, years yeah. gets you $8 million. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? And people are tuning mm-hmm. into this and listening to him and believe, I don't know what he said in the YouTube uh, mm-hmm. video. I'm certainly not gonna watch it. And this is like this is like a, a legitimate guy who's been successful in business, like clearly, and he's and he, and he's just putting out utter and total garbage of information. and this is you know he's one out of millions, it seems like that are that are doing this stuff. Um, and it's a shame because it's all like there's a there's a huge theme in t- really now and, and a little bit of last year. You know, we talked a lot about it. it's the Robin Hoods. It's the it's the young people. I'll call them young people because mostly, you know, trading options and the GameStop stuff and all the people that are like taking their stimulus checks and and putting it in the market, you know, um, and trading trading options and and all these ridiculous strategies that are not investing at all. It's just get, like it literally is the equivalent of going to Vegas. It, and it's it and then and then these same types of people point to quote air quotes wall street and call it a casino. Well, it's not a casino. What you're doing is a casino, right? But the actual business of investing is the furthest first thing from a, you know, a casino. So it gets me, uh, it, it's, it's depressing to me to read all this stuff and see all this stuff. And I just, I just try to avoid it.
2: Does it happen in every other industry?
0: It definitely happens in, like, exercise and training. Definitely. That's the first one that comes to mind, like, with the social media specifically. I mean, I know I've seen on my feed a little bit more now. It's, like, um, mortgage, like, people who – mortgage brokers. um, I've seen lawyers who try to, like, dispel common, I don't know, law myths or whatever, all in, like, the very, like, TikTok-y kind of format. Um, what else have I seen? Nothing as prevalent as financial, and that's maybe indicative of like some of just my interest. But my Instagram is not financial services. I'm not following anything that's so related to can that. You,
1: I, I, this is a legit question. I'm naive to it. Can you monetize? Can you make legitimate money by having enough followers watch your social media posts or, or videos? Of, you know on Here's my tips on how to turn a hundred bucks into eight million.
0: <laughs> yeah, so certain platforms, TikTok being one of them, pays you per view, so not per follower, okay, but per view. Um, and then I think a lot of the other compensation models are around sponsored things. So, you know, it might maybe if you're you're talking about finances in some way, and then robin hood pays you to sponsor or a credit card pays you to sponsor or something like that you would get paid by that company
1: i mean people need to learn how to stay in their lane really like damon john has no business talking about investing or finance or hedge funds or anything because he clearly doesn't know anything at all about it um and i guess what i'm what i believe is happening is that people are just doing this to get Stuff to go viral and to yeah. get views and to get retweets and so that they make money from it. It's not about helping other, other people. That, no, yeah. it's, it's not like, like
2: one of the guys that commented in that, because I had to comment, yeah. and I read some of the other comments. There weren't many, but the, and I think, by the way, I think they're all deleted by now. <laughs> um, was this other guy uh, who was part of like, I think his name is Wealth Squad Chris. And it's like he's got a bunch of videos about him. I, I, mean, I couldn't even get through them doing swing trades mike are you familiar with as a cfa are you familiar with swing trading (laughs) sure i mean i don't know what it means dude i have no i've never even heard of it but like showing people like i bought this stock at this and this is what i did and like i turned four thousand dollars into forty thousand like isn't that that's so dangerous because it's and look i don't know if the guy's licensed or not you don't have to be licensed to buy and sell stock And you don't have to be licensed to post a screenshot of your E-Trade account. Right, but you do need to be licensed to give advice. But if I'm going to go to his YouTube channel just to see what he's doing, like, it's just, I I find that so dangerous. And why, like, why is this industry, the investment industry, why is that so allowed? Is it allowed in, like, the healthcare profession? Like, can I get up and just say, well, I have this uh, magic potion that you drink and it cures cancer. Or would like w- would some industry shut me down?
0: I uh, I don't know if there would be an industry that shuts you down because there are maybe not cancer or a but regulator. There definitely, there are definitely things things like that. I think the difference there is like people are way more cognizant and suspicious of what they put into their body versus you know what they're um, doing with their money. I don't know. I think it's the whole like get rich quick thing, like that. The version of that. A, People just want an easy solution that and I, and I think the social media platforms, you know, you're not reading about it. You're seeing it. The person is describing to you exactly what they did. There's something tangible in that. And people just you fall susceptible to like, oh, what's different about me and then that guy? Why can't I do what that guy did?
1: So the irony really is that like with information never more prevalent, available, mm-hmm. accessible um, people are more misinformed than ever i, yeah. I would say that That yeah. i believe that 100 percent. and because of the platforms that are yeah. perpetuating all the all the bullshit that the people are spewing it's kind
2: of crazy um you got like like we've always said and like the best advice we can give anyone is just know your source right so when you see a guy and i don't mean to shit on this guy because like if he's making good money and he made like a great trade and I highly doubt he does it consistently because you have to have losers, which you're never posting your losers. Um, but know, know the source. Like I just need to know, okay, is this person licensed? Do they give advice to other people? How long have they – I was, at a, I was with friends and one of the guys was ta- asking me if I do like options. Do I get involved in options? I'm like, dude, no, I do not do options. I mean, no. Yeah, I just, I turned like 14 grand into like 80 over the last month or two doing these. And he's like, tell me his whole strategy. I'm like, okay. And then other parents are like listening to him. Oh, really? Like, man, that's just, it's so, it's so dangerous
1: in my mind. I heard a, um, somebody wrote in or called into another, another show that a podcast, something I was listening to. And the guy's like, yeah, a year ago, I put 250, 250,000 in the market. I'm. 35 years old and it's my first foray into it and I am trading Tesla options I turned it into 1.25 million I I, I I won what do I do now do I keep like keep doing more of it and you know the advice was first of all the advice is kind of like I can't give you advice I don't even know you but secondly start with like take the take the million that you made and bank that and invest it like prudently, appropriately, diversify, and then maybe like take the two fifty that you originally put in and play with it. I, I don't know. Yeah. But like there are people that have gotten lucky totally. and made tremendous amounts of money and and unfortunately they believe that there's a consistent method to the madness that can be done over and over again and then other people can do the same. It's just not the way it works.
0: Well, and they they hold themselves out as like the average Joe who just made a good call or who just, I taught myself, I watched on YouTube. So that's what makes it feel attainable for other people is like there's not, he doesn't have a different education than me or he's not more aware of how markets or, or trading or, you know, stock switching works. I mean, it's just, I don't know, people see themselves in these like, Average Joes. And, and Damon and John is like, he's, he's different, right? He's the Susie Orman. He's the Dave Ramsey, right? He's a personality who has a following already. Um, but then there's just this completely other world where it's just the Megs, the Mikes, and the Jeffs who aren't financial advisors but are talking to their phone and dispensing advice yeah, or like, are giving how-tos. Right. And it's like, in what world am I going to log on to TikTok for financial planning advice?
2: Sounds so old right now.
0: <laughs> but it's like it's like when I was in college, right, if you were writing a paper, you were not allowed to cite Wikipedia, which is bullshit because it's a great source for a lot of things, but anyway, like TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, that's going to have to be like not a valid source, not a valid place to go for information. Um unfortunately, that's just all it is now. It's where everyone it's like Yeah, their there first needs to search.
2: be the, the, the disclaimer like the opinions and expressions that are Whatever, blah blah. Yeah,
0: on. on this app are not real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but just it's it's astonishing how the misinformation, the disinformation, if that's a word, that is just shared extensively, and especially with young. I, I mean, it seems like it's more so with younger people. Mm-hmm. You know, you have college kids doing it tiktok in their car and they're yep. talking about their trade that they made or whatever it is and it's mm-hmm. like oh my god what's going
0: on yeah it's wild we're talking about young people and specifically these platforms that you know maybe they use more than the three of us um, and it's a it's a way that they're going to learn a lot of things and i would argue that it's good in a lot of ways, right? There's there's a lot of you know maybe um, helpful things that can be found on these sites if you know where to look for them, but when it comes to learning about money and and teaching your kids um, about money, like how do how do you guys do that or how is there a good way? Because I think you know we we saw an article written by um, Kathy Longo about using technology specifically in pop culture to teach your kids about money but it seems like it's a pretty difficult thing to do regardless of the tactics you employ
2: yeah i do it i do it very poorly i think
1: (laughs) i'm with you i struggle with it
2: i do it very and i do it very poorly because i haven't put a whole lot of thought into it um so i do like the old school okay guys if you want to get that thing you need to work (laughs) and i'm going to give you an allowance Mm -hmm. And then you have to take some of that allowance and save it. By the way, that never happens. (laughs) You could take the other half, and once you have enough, you can buy that thing. And that creates so much freaking stress (laughs) because (laughs) nine-year-olds have zero patience, right? And the thing he wants is $250, and his allowance is like like $20 a month, and I make him save like $17 a month. (laughs) So $3 a month, he'll have that computer in about 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Damon John Mack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I do it very well. Uh, and I've always kind of thought like as they get a little bit older, but I don't do it that well with my 21-year-old. Um, so I think now at, at 13, 12, and 9 is a good time for me to start. I, I just, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to mm-hmm. teach them about money. I told you guys, I heard of this guy who like got his paycheck, turned it into cash, laid it on the kitchen table, sat down with his kids and said, look, here's my, you know, my monthly paycheck of $5,000 all in stacks of ones. And this amount is what we put for Pico. This amount is what we put. So when it's all said and done, there's like negative cash on the table, (laughs) like to help them wrap their brains around it. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I've, I've taken some steps like showing them <clears throat> or my oldest, like, or maybe it wasn't my oldest, maybe it was my 12 year old. Like this is like what we make. And then this watch me do the bills and, and had just to see kind of where it all goes. I th- it fell on like complete deaf ears, man.
1: Yeah. And I think that the, the biggest issue and challenge is that the right way to do it. And really the only way to do it is to take advantage of time compounding through time and we'll use damon john's example even if you say to your kids 100 bucks a month over 30 years is going to (laughs) turn into 8 million i mean my kids would be like that's that's 30 years they're focused on the 30 years right right And, and it's too long it's just and it's so hard to incentivize or motivate a kid a teenager let's say to Get excited about socking away a little bit of money every month, or buying even buying stocks. I tried the whole like, "Hey, like, what a company you, know, are you really have? Nike's, in- right? You just got some <laughs> Nike shoes. And you want to invest in the company?" And I like, look at me like, no, "I no, I want to buy another pair of sneakers." <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a really funny example that he just made.
0: You like, never heard that? No,
2: no, no. I'm saying okay. like, the information is completely inaccurate, right? Like, if you told oh. your son, "Hey, look, man, if you just save a hundred bucks for the next thirty years, it'll be worth $8 million." which is not even close to right. accurate, but that's still not, he would still be like, I don't care. That's 30 years from now. I don't man. have 30 years, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> man, Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I think, I think you have to try like a concept. I don't know what that first concept should be,
0: I think the practicality of as you're describing like the bill paying because saving is one thing and investing is another thing and time horizon and compounding like all that's great. But for a 9, 12 or 13 year old, I think understanding like working (laughs) to bring home a paycheck and then that paycheck having to support our family of six in in these ways. uh, Like I, I think that I don't know how you how you necessarily convey it. But that, I think, is step one, is understanding the value of, like, or maybe not the value of, just how, how far it has to stretch. Um, because myself included, like, until I had to worry about my own money, I didn't give a shit where the money came from. Like, it was just, it was there. I never had to question buying anything because it was just there. And then I started having to, like, manage my own money. And I was like, holy shit, there's not a lot of it. like. <laughs> yeah. So, and that wasn't until I was 23. Um, so I think understanding exactly how bills are paid, what bills there are, like how much an electric bill is, yeah. how much a mortgage is, like all of that was very, very foreign to me until I was out of college.
2: Yeah. I think that concept is a really good one to start with. Like you, you have your kid Google, what does the average household earn, right? And they get that number. Let's just make it up. It's $50,000. Okay, so forget about like what's a mortgage and how yeah. do I borrow money to yeah, pay it yeah. back. Yeah, no, no, no. But like we live in a house or we rent an apartment. That apartment costs $2,000 a month. So our $50,000 after like, so what is it a month? Like 44 grand, right? But then we have to give the government 400 because that's our tax on that. So we net this and then walking them through like the the bills and mm-hmm. what's it all cost. So it says like when you want a bike this month, we've already had to pay for your food, your water, your internet, your phone. Mm-hmm. So that's why we say you can't get a bike. Mm-hmm. There's only $3 left over, right? <laughs> so I have to save that $3 and not yeah. take your mother out to dinner for 17 months <laughs> so that I can buy you. The dramatics. <laughs> That freaking bike!
0: Damon and John has just messed ah, dude, you I'm up. dude, I'm so I'm so crippled from that, from
2: watching that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good concept to start with. Like,
0: I don't have kids. I just I know that that was, in terms of my experience, the practical management of money was never something I even thought about. You
2: fell into it. You were forced to figure it
0: out. Yeah, I started making my own money, and then my parents were like, "We're not gonna give you any more because you have your own now." And you're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, but I don't have a lot of it. <laughs> Can I stay on
1: your phone plan, though? <laughs>
0: um, so I, I guess that for me is like maybe, I don't know, somewhere you start.
1: Yeah. So for me, my grandfather was always into stocks, right? He was always like reading the, t- the p- tables in the paper and stuff oh and gosh. buying and selling. So, and, and he was really into it. And so when I was probably in middle school or so, he bought, he opened up a gift to minors account for me. I had hundred shares of Pepsi and a Uno restaurant in there and stuff. And it was like, so by that, when I turned 18 and it became legally mine, it was like four grand, five grand or something like that. And so no, but I mean, and I didn't, and I held on to them through college and then I eventually sold them, but I, I didn't like buy a car with it. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, invest in something else. I mean, Tesla, so, it turned like t- t- four grand into like 17 million <laughs> Tesla options. Um, but like, I don't know for me that by him doing that, it eventually like forced me to kind of have an interest in it. I would yeah. say um, that's not going to be the case for everybody. Cause I'm sure some people when they get that eight, when they turn 18 and they have the, yeah. the UGMA account handed over to them, they're like, woohoo, you know? yeah. Yeah. but, but um, I don't know that that's maybe another thing I think about um, mm-hmm. doing not trying to force something now when they have couldn't care less but maybe as they mature, having having something there that, that, that they can sort of take an interest in and ownership of and learn more about and, and follow through from there. I don't know. I know as a kid, I, I,
2: I think I was in high school and I was working and I was like set on like getting a car. I'm like, I'll, I want to get a car. And my dad just looked at me like, he wasn't the greatest communicator. So he was just like, <laughs> you can't get a car. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but why not? Like I work. I make, like I just watched a Hyundai commercial, right? They're $119 a month. Like I can do that. But like not even putting, like I had no idea. Well, you have to sign for it and you have no credit. So mm-hmm. no one's just going to give you a car, even though you can afford the $120 a month. Yeah. Plus you need insurance and you need gas money. And if the car needs repairs, that all costs, like cars are not cheap. So that's another concept I think you can like start with a kid. Like, hey, yeah. eventually, like take my 12-year-old, when you're like 17 or 18, you're probably going to want a car. This is what goes into that. Let me show you like what the cars cost us this year and what does all that mean. Uh, another, because I think they can they can wrap their brain around, I will want a car when I'm 17. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I know I'm not going to have a million bucks when I'm like 30 years from now, but the car concept, I think they can wrap their brain around.
0: That I had that conversation with my parents about college, and it is one of the more one of the things I'm most grateful for is the way they deliberately laid out for me what college costs. Like we had my acceptance letters and my scholarship and like the financial aid packages, and it was like this is what we're on the hook for twice a year. Like we have to write a check to Washington College for this. We have X amount saved, so you're going to have to borrow Y. So when you graduate, this is going to be the amount of debt. Like it was clear and very very um understandable for me. And we did that for every college that I was considering. And I went into that decision very informed with eyes wide open, not surprised for a minute about the amount of debt I graduated with.
2: Did that did that factor into your decision? Yeah. Of the school?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it made the decision, really.
2: That didn't factor into my daughter's decision whatsoever. And, yeah. No, that's we, what I mean. I we think, had that conversation.
0: I think my, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why it mattered more to me or why it, it was more impactful, but I can remember sitting at the kitchen table with like those numbers in so, front of me. Like they took the time to put that together. Mm-hmm. And then I had my exit interview my senior year of college where the financial aid office says the same thing. They're like, okay, you borrowed this amount of money. Here's your, like, here are your student loans, and here's your breakdown. I had friends who were shocked at the number, like had no idea the amount of money that was borrowed to attend school.
2: Did you have the <clears throat> monthly number, or did you just have the amount?
0: I had the total amount. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, like, we divided it by ten, like, 10 years where right. like it would probably be somewhere around here. And then it was like, okay, so if you're going to live on your own, right, you got to be making X. At
2: least this. Right.
0: To be able to afford this and 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 rent. Now, I went home after college and lived at home for a year or two. So like that made that transition, at least initially in paying the loans back, easy. But it was a huge decision for a lot of reasons. And I just felt like now looking back on it financially, it was... It, it that didn't like derail the train
2: right yeah, it's tough because like kids kids they don't have expenses, right mm-hmm. so you have to you have to relate that to to your experience, which is it's hard for them to wrap their brains yeah. around that. yeah like when you tell a kid like, hey, the credit card bill was like twelve hundred dollars this month they're like, what? That's like a million dollars like no, it's twelve hundred. But, like, it's such a huge number you to save them.
0: that every month for the next. <laughs> right, right.
2: Right. No one in your family will ever have to work again. Uh, yeah, it's just the, the numbers are so big to them. Uh, it makes it very difficult. And I think yeah. the article that we read kind of slightly pertaining to this, like, they're, like, creating apps and stuff yeah. and using pop culture to help relate to kids. Uh, like, she talked about how, like, this little girl was like, Mom, we should – Her her daughter was like, Mom, we should help, like – homeless people and her mom was like wow that's really like big of you to say you're absolutely right we should help homeless people we should give money to homeless people she's like and it dawned on me like hey sally like how did you think about that she's like well i was watching spongebob and squidward was homeless and he was like living in a box underwater and boxes disintegrate so that's not a good thing so like (laughs) (laughs) she's like trying to equate that i I love i love me some spongebob um (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think it's good that they're trying. I just I think some of those apps, it's again, it's really tough. I think it comes down to as old school as I may sound, like just sitting down with the kid with pen and paper and just showing them like yeah.
0: numbers. I think uh, practicality matters a lot. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: and then, you know, my pet peeve is, which my son's about to go through as a junior in high school, the, the stock market game. Which to win that, you know how you know what you have to do, you have to just basically like you know, throw a dart at the at the biotech company that's gonna hit it big and then you win the game. Otherwise you're just old boring, you know, market returns guy. <laughs> I mean, nobody's gonna So like it's teaching just the wrong lessons and I mean I, I just I don't understand why that's even I mean, I guess it's in a way it's fun, it's sort of like fantasy football esque for, for the kids, but It's not the right lesson to teach them. It perpetuates
0: the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the wrong wrong lesson. Yeah.
1: Because they're doing it over like a semester. Yeah.
2: Right. So you're picking a stock that we're going to see how you did three months later. Yeah. And we all know like all bets are off. Like any company can go up or down in three months. It's crazy. But the kid will think, well, I did so well in economics this semester. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Top five? Top five. Top five fictional law enforcement officials.
2: So this could be anything, like detectives, FBI. Mm-hmm. U.S. Marshal. U.S. Marshal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or your old, regular old cop. Your regular old cop. I don't think we have any overlap.
0: All right. And Too mine
2: okay. are terrible, so I think I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. If that's okay. Unless sure. you really wanted to go first. No. Um, Andy Sipowicz. I think he was in... Um,
1: Wasn't that, like... NYPD Blue? Or yeah, something I think like it was
2: that. NYPD Blue. I liked him, though. I never he was like that. this cranky. the
0: short, fat guy. Yeah, the mm.
2: cranky, yeah, he's short, like the white, prototype. fat he's guy.
1: Like perfectly cast. Yeah,
2: yeah, perfectly. Like he looks like a cop. Uh, Roger Murtaugh. Ah, that's a good one. So Mel Gibson's um, partner in um, Danny Glover. Danny oh, Glover. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, and Lethal okay. Weapon. Uh, yeah, Roger Murtaugh. Um, Robocop. <laughs> okay. James Carter Carter from Rush Hour. Chris Tucker.
1: <laughs>
2: he was he there. was like my favorite cop of all time. And then Robert Barone. Who's that? He is um, god, what's the name of that show? Who's the comedian? Uh, god, I'm sorry. I forget the name of the show. It's a sitcom um, Wow. I don't
1: know.
2: Hold on. I'm like I, I don't I don't really watch it. Um
1: Major <laughs> top 5 list.
2: Come yeah, on. Yeah, no, I just I, I don't watch the show, but I, I Is s- it on right now? No, it's an, it's an old one. Oh. Um, he's like the lurchy guy. Uh, hold on. Everybody loves Raymond. Oh, Raymond's geez. brother, Robert oh, Barone, okay. the tall okay. lurchy okay. guy.
1: Okay. Hi, Raymond. That guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. You want me to go. Any overlap? No. All right.
0: Uh, I'll go, since I had some overlap. Okay. So I did, like, Lee and Carter. So, like, okay. Jackie Chan and okay, James Carter. You did, the, I did the plural also. And then I have um, Detective Benson and Detective Stabler from SVU, because, like, you can't have one without the other.
2: I don't even know who I they don't are. know what that is.
0: Law and Order SVU, Olivia Benson, it. Mariska Haggerty. Yeah, never saw Are him. you kidding me, Christopher Maloney? No. Oh, Detective Stabler is like right below Coach Carter. <laughs> not Coach Carter. Coach, uh, what's his name? Who's my coach?
2: Oh, uh, I don't know. The guy from Friday, Blood, Night, Friday Night, Lights. Night Lights. Yeah. Guy from Bloodline. Yeah. I don't know. But by the way, Taylor. I'm, coach, Taylor. Taylor. Coach, Taylor. coach Taylor. I've Taylor. never watched an episode of any Law no, and Order. Me neither.
0: You've never watched Law and Order SVU? No.
2: Not an episode it, of any Law and Order.
0: How can you watch TV? It's on every channel all the time. <laughs> there's literally been like a million episodes
2: <laughs> it's, so, no. it's 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 so horrible to me I can't I
0: can't watch oh it. that's rude um Winston Bishop <laughs> he's from New Girl he's a cop but okay. New Girl is like my favorite show um Billy Costigan from The Departed mm-hmm. Leonardo yeah Leonardo DiCaprio a good his character that was a really good one and then Alonzo Harris Who's that? Denzel in Training Day.
1: Okay. All right. All right. No overlap. That's good. All right. Good list. (laughs) That's a tough one because he was
2: like loved and hated. Like by the end of Training Day, you wanted to like.
0: Yeah, but I interpreted this as like my favorite characters who happen to be. Sexually attractive. (laughs) That's what you're going with. (laughs) I mean, Denzel, yes. Billy Costigan, yes. Probably not Winston. All
1: right. So my first one here is Harry Callahan. Clint Eastwood.
0: Yeah, Dirty Harry.
1: Yeah, all the Dirty Harry uh, movies. Next, I've got Frank Drebin from yeah. Naked Gun, yeah. played mm. by Leslie Nielsen. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I got Nick Nolte from Forty Eight Hours. Good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons. That's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I awesome. was thinking about going animated on a few, but decided against it. And then finally, and Jeff, I can't believe you didn't you didn't think we didn't overlap on this. And this is the entire. The entire cast of Super Troopers. Uh, <laughs> oh my
0: God. That's the winner right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's really yeah. good. State troopers. I can't
0: believe you didn't have it I can't believe no one with like Axel your... Foley. Yeah. I, th- I thought that Who's
2: was not? too obvious. Eddie Murphy. Oh, Beverly, Beverly Hills.
1: Hills. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised no Wire references. Yeah. I've never
2: seen it. I know. We don't have to go there. Um, c- I thought comments. about
1: Johnny Utah also. Oh yeah. Point that's break. a good one.
2: Um. What about the cop from Die Hard? He was also in 227. No, not 227. Family Matters.
0: Oh, Winslow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Winslow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think wasn't one, he that like
0: one. a mall cop? Or was he a real cop <laughs> yeah, in Family matters. matters? He was a real cop in Family Matters. <laughs> oh, he was?
2: Yeah. Getting back to the law and order discussion, if I can yeah, real quick. Yeah, sure. My, the reason I would never... The, the crimes they would solve... <laughs> Within 24 hours. (laughs) I thought you said
0: you never watched.
2: (laughs) I know that's... Am I wrong?
0: It's an hour episode and there's always a conviction. Yeah, I mean... like, well, maybe not always. Sometimes there's a rape case that
2: dude. Someone's dead in the water. They found the body. They found the evidence. They found the killer. They convicted them all like,
1: within 24 hours. Hey, apparently, it's a good model for a TV
0: series. <laughs> I know. It's, there's a hundred thousand episodes of every. There's 17 spinoffs. I cannot believe you've never seen one. Never. Nope. And the 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 um the music is just iconic. Dun dun. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Yeah,
1: see ya. Till next